0: Content warning, this podcast contains mentions of queerphobia, misogyny, and some adult content. Hi everyone, welcome to Queer Sounds, a podcast on queer folks' favorite tunes. My name is Hannah, pronouns they, them. Shout out to Will for getting me in touch with today's guest, the one the only Finch. Hi there. How are you?
1: I'm good. Yeah. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm all right. Um so what have you been up to lately?
1: Honestly, not not a whole lot. I've uh, I've been working. I've been really run off my feet at work. Um and that's pretty much it. <laughs> I had no time for anything else.
0: Just for the record, what are your pronouns?
1: Uh my pronouns are he they.
0: All right. Um, before we actually, you know, dive deeper into uh, the subjects we're going to talk about today, I feel like uh, today is going to be a very, um, how should I put it, digital native episode. So do you remember the first time you actually got in touch with the internet?
1: Ooh, I always grew up with uh, computers in the house, um, because my dad used to own a computer shop. So... They were. It was always kind of just there for me. Um, yeah, I, I remember my dad had a little. Uh, he had his computer in the his attic bedroom in a little sort of nook, and yeah, I used to sit on there playing like cats and dogs on the computer.
0: <laughs> when are when are we talking here? Because if we're, I mean, I remember getting my uh, my first laptop when I was around eleven, ten ish in you know the same way kids always do like parents will get uh will will get a new one and then you as a kid will be left with the leftovers no. um you uh your your introduction to the internet was like when you were 4 maybe it might as well Yeah
1: like it was it would have been really early i think probably 5 or 6 was when i was like allowed to be on it whenever i wanted <laughs> and uh i got my own computer when i was about 9 or 10 I think when uh, my dad got a new one yeah and I got his old one
0: Yeah um I remember as a kid um going to like the Cartoon Network website and playing all of those all of those uh, online games that they had there what else what what, what introduction to the internet could we uh, could we otherwise have had I feel like we're really showing our age here I feel like there's something missing though I feel like there is a specific part when it comes to you know the way the internet has raised me as a person that goes beyond watching Naruto episodes on YouTube in three different parts of seven-minute <laughs> videos. Ooh, I remember, like, it, we were talking about, like, 2002 maybe, so I w- would have been around eight or seven, and my dad showed me that I could play Pokemon Crystal online, and I was
1: amazed. Amazing. <laughs>
0: And you know, uh, twenty years down the line, I'm still playing Pokemon Crystal on the internet, or you know, at oh, least in wow. like a ROM hack version. So I haven't changed a bit. Um, Amazing. I guess the only thing has, that has changed since then is a my taste in music and b the pronouns that I'm using. Um, <laughs> do Do you have a similar story?
1: Oh, I don't think so, really. I um, when I was really young on the computer, it was all things like Moshi Monsters and like Neopets uh i can't say that i've ever gone back to them recently at all you
0: know i think my my family uh like the way my family was structured in if that that's a very like roundabout way to put it helped me discover the internet because you know i'm the oldest of three siblings i didn't have any older family members to show me anything apart from my dad which you know had different interests and uh, did you did you did you have some some digital guidance
1: yeah, only my dad, really. I don't have any siblings, um, and my mum was never, like, really big on computers. <laughs> she's not, like, anti-technology, and she's fine with it now, but she didn't really care about it at the time. So, yeah, it was just, like, me and my dad, and, yeah, he would, I guess, yeah, explain how things worked and told me how to use, like, Excel and stuff.
0: All right, um, without making it too much of an extensive segue into the first track for today, uh, no no fortune forums where we could read the posts... Of a paranoid big brother.
2: See the people on the streets, well, I can see them too. I know their names and numbers and exactly what they do. See the fella on the telly, he's put him there. He says, just what I tell him, man, I think it's only fair. Well, you know, modern man, with a short attention span, believing all the spin, and I'm his greatest fan. Can tell him what I like, forgotten it in days, perfect bloody timing. To move with my next phase, yeah With some funny little countries That don't like what I do I'll soon sort them out With a military coup And anyone left With a different belief We'll all be depending on my comic relief Cause I'm your paranoid big brother The names, the numbers, and exactly what they do. See the fella on the telly, it's you put him there? Says just what I tell him, and I think it's only fair, yeah, yeah. Cause it's got to stop
0: annoyed big brother the first track for today a little number by three daft monkeys um this is is, if if i wouldn't have known any better with you know the uh with the violence um it kind of made me think of of a british version of early panic at the disco like the same campy um The, the the same campy energy, the same top hats, literally, um, <laughs> the 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 same circusy vibes. Uh, I'd never
1: put that together, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, no, this is this is a spur of the moment uh, reaction. I mean, I listened to it earlier, um, but uh, I wasn't actually uh, aware of this outfit. Um, but why did you pick this one?
1: Um, I have a super specific memory of this song. Um, I don't have a lot of memories from when I was little, but um, I remember very clearly when I was probably about seven or eight, um, I saw Three Duff Monkeys uh, at Glastonbury Festival on the bandstand, Um, and I remember my mum and my dad were standing side by side, and I was, like, running around between them, facing forwards the whole time, thinking I'd come up with this amazing new dance. And I (laughs) remember... Uh, the uh, the singers uh, were just watching me, <laughs> just, like, laughing. <laughs> uh, and it was really, really sweet. Um, and I remember it was really muddy, and I was trying really hard not to get stuck. And, uh, yeah. So, at what age
0: were you at Glastonbury, then? Because it was the, this track is from 2008.
1: Yeah, so um, I started going to Glastonbury when I was, like, two months old. I was born, like, two months before the first Glastonbury I went to. I've been every year. It's been on in my life. I'm so, so lucky. Um... Yeah, if this was two thousand and eight, this must have been about around two thousand and eight. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I was, I would have been eight at the time. So, if your
0: your uh, parents have been bringing you to Glastonbury, they must have. They must also be like real big music geeks.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. My mum is especially.
0: Was Was there a specific soundtrack that kind of shaped your childhood?
1: I mean, yeah we we only really went to a few festivals every year. Um, but very much like the sort of group of bands that you see a lot at the sort of similar festivals um, did very much in sort of like my like early teens, especially sort of shaped my music taste for now. So yep.
0: kind of like the, the 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 mid-arts, great wave of indie with uh, Arctic Monkeys, Kaiser Chiefs, all that stuff.
1: Oh, uh, no, more like the sort of like the smaller stage bands, like the little folky acts and... Uh, Sort of that kind of vibe, um, sort of semi comedy act some of the time. Uh, like uh Hobo Jones and the Junkyard Dogs, which uh they do little like comedy skits between some of their songs. Um yeah, the kind of there's like this this group of festival bands that we would see like at every festival.
0: So is your uh your your childhood household also the one that would have like walls and walls on end of just vinyl and CDs?
1: Oh yeah, my uh my dad had I think three or four like huge wooden crates of uh of vinyls uh and then one year our house flooded, and uh they were all ruined and it was such a sad oh, time that's, that,
0: that, that's, that's so
1: sad it was it was really heartbreaking for him. he learned never to keep his records on the floor again though so
0: yeah, I bet um. So from there on I feel like if your if your parents are such big um uh, music aficionados if you will I bet they also must have really like tried to push your your own uh taste in music into a specific direction like give you like a proper musical musical education.
1: I think in some ways yeah because like there would always be like music playing in the car there was often music playing in the house with the records um I don't think they were ever sort of like, you have to listen to what we listen to or anything like that. But um, yeah, the, my dad's music taste definitely has shaped mine.
0: So what what type of music would, you, would your parents listen to?
1: Um, I remember when I was, I don't remember. I know that when I was really little, the only songs that would put me to sleep was My Chemical Romance, which is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and also the Emmerdale theme tune, for some reason, I think it was. It might have been Neighbours. They, they used to send me to sleep. It was great um my dad's kind of into like punk music um and rock and my mum's sort of in the folkier side of things so yeah it was really quite a nice combination of things to sort of meld together
0: all right and you told me that um the way you and that friend of the, and, and our mutual friend got in touch through a punk and emo so I guess your dad got a, a played a played a large part in that
1: yeah for sure
0: um, from, from you know, uh, falling asleep to My Chemical Romance and, like, between then and now, what has changed?
1: Not a huge amount. Uh, I think as I've got older, I've gotten more uh, interest and, like, uh, love for the folk side as well, of sort of my family's music taste. That's become a much bigger thing in my life over the last few years. But still a massive emo as well, so...
0: Um, how how did how did that develop? You just started listening to to punk and you kind of stuck to it, and then, like, what 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 has the past twenty years brought for you?
1: I think, um, yeah. Well, when I was I, I became hugely emo at age like ten and would only listen to like My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, um, except for McFly. McFly was my guilty pleasure at the time. <laughs> Um <laughs>
0: I feel like that still falls into the same category for some reason.
1: Yeah, it's not too far off I feel. Um and yeah, I think as I got older I uh I stopped being so edgy and like caring that people thought I was cool cuz no one thought I was cool anyway, so it hadn't worked. Uh I
0: feel like there is also a specific brand of like if I can call it that like Disney emo. Like yeah. uh, McFly would fall into that category, like the rockier end of Jonas Brothers. Uh Yeah. Do you remember bands like Sons of Dork and Busted?
1: I remember Busted.
0: No, I I, I gauging from your reaction, you they they don't strike any emotional chord there.
1: Not massively, no. I, I never really had a big connection.
0: Uh, might be before your time then.
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: So your your affection with uh, like punk and emo, could you describe that for a little bit? Like what uh what what why do you think it would make you fall asleep as a child?
1: oh i don't know i think there's probably the the, like strong rhythm of it probably helped me to like just have something to sort of calm calm in with um but yeah i my connection with it now is kind of different i think the just sort of like the the rawness of it a lot of the time although it's often so performative as well um but yeah i always i always find the sort of the raw vocals and uh the the just the yeah the emotional lyrics are just something to really connect to.
0: But I also feel like as a two year old, the emotional uh, lyrics don't play that big a part. No,
1: <laughs> definitely not.
0: Um. So what do you what do you uh, listen to now? Like on a day to day basis?
1: Um. I'm a big fan of uh, people like Gaz Brookfield, who I've put as one of the songs for today. Uh, I listen to him a lot. Um, bands like Ducking Punches, who are sort of emo folk, really. I've got super into sort of traditional folk music recently. So singers like Tom Ashworth, who sort of rework modern versions of traditional folk songs, I, uh, I'm really enjoying. I do, uh, I do LARP, live action roleplay, and that definitely in the last few years has caused a massive spike in, uh, in my traditional folk music <laughs> interest.
0: Um, so for, I, I think that's like a, a, a fun connection there because um, when I look at the songs you send in for today... There is a um, big overlap in the sense that they are a very like acoustic, um, um, acoustic-based tracks. Like acoustic guitars are very prominent there, but also there are artists that are primarily um, famous through YouTube. So there is like that weird blend of both uh, acoustic and digital. Um, yeah, is that is is that deliberate?
1: Not at all. <laughs> I think that's probably just a coincidence about my music taste. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess Brookfield and Three Duff Monkeys for sure are bigger on the festival scene than anything else, 100%. All right.
0: Um, I think we're going to move on to track number two for now. A uh, song I d- don't even remember. Does this fall into the same like folky category? It's a much more...
1: Uh, which one are we on? Are we on "Boys Like You"?
0: It's "Boys Like You."
1: This is not <laughs> anything like the the folky side of things.
0: Okay, uh, could you give us a little bit of an introduction?
1: Um, yeah. So this uh, this artist band they refer to their music as ugly pop. Um, they are yeah uh, queer. They them are very cool artists. Uh yeah. I got into them a while ago. They used to go under a different artist name, and I started listening to them then, and sort of just stuck with them over the brand change.
0: Um, how would you personally describe their brand? Like a, an artist can claim whatever title they want, but what does it mean to you?
1: Um, just kind of like, just very edgy and very just sort of openly themselves. Like I don't feel like they put on very much. It's very just sort of, this is who I am, deal with it.
0: Is it also an artist that you find out through YouTube or any other digital medium?
1: I think actually originally it was a recommendation from a friend um, back when they were their their old sort of persona
0: Alright, let's have a listen Boys Like You by Sand
3: You got plans for me You're trying to keep the peace Oh boy, you look so cute With your hands hid behind your back And some insult wraps around your teeth You know you're being so nice While well, you're copping your feel. And I don't really know if I can hold this conversation Cause I ain't gonna keep my chill Cause you know I'm bad news, I know I'm bad news I don't got time for you Boys like you are easily pleased Usually I get them all what's up and down on it Take my fingers in their mouths like it's tree. But you're a little out of touch for me And it's a little bit too much for me He says he's got the goods And that's what makes me bad When really self-entitlement ain't gonna get me off So that's why you finish last Yeah, you complain that you're enough So I guess you're all on your lonesome I heard someone say, you know I'm bad news I know I'm bad news Cause I'm only gonna tell the truth, yeah uh. Boys like you are easily pleased Usually I get them all up and down my knees you See, they take my fingers in their mouths like go with tree But you're a little out of touch for me like you with me, try to with
0: me. And right, boys like you, a track by Sand. And indeed, this doesn't fall into the same folky acoustic category as any other track at all. I should have remembered that. Um, because, you know, with a sound as uh, heavy and, you know, can shake you to your core, like how, yeah, it should have made bigger impression the first time I listened to it. Um, but why did you specifically pick this track as your favorite queer artist for today?
1: Um, so I I adore Zand all of their music um that I've ever listened to I've loved. Um this was just the first song that I remember really loving from like this stage of their like performance from themselves as Zand rather than as previous artists. Um yeah, so I just I chose that one for that reason really.
0: Yeah, I um I tried looking up anything about this artist. Uh problem is they're very difficult to Google because I'm based in the Netherlands and their name means sand. And, you know, I can look (laughs) for, I can type anything into the search bar, but, you know, in the end I'll come up with like sand band. It's like, okay, here's some stuff to tie your shit together on the beach. And it's like, yeah, that's not not what I'm looking for. So, um, yeah, this uh, person as your favorite queer artist, like how does their queerness uh, inspire or maybe reflect your own queerness?
1: I just think uh, the way they're very sort of openly sexual and, uh, like, honest and just very, yeah, just very, like, raw about themselves, I think that's really, really cool. Um, I feel like they don't make any efforts to, like, hide, like, bad parts of themselves, which, yeah, I really love.
0: All right, there, you've given me the opportunity to segue into the next subject, um, because um, you are... Also, like, very openly sexual in the sense that you uh, make part of your living through OnlyFans, if uh, yeah. if that's right. Um, yeah. How did that came to be?
1: Um, I started uh, doing online sex work back in June or July last year uh, during lockdown because furlough wasn't enough money. And, yeah, I just, I, I really enjoyed it and sort of started camming from there. And... Yeah, it's just it's just become like a part of my life now. I really like it. So you know, you
0: specifically um, started with it because, um, say, a random job at a supermarket just wouldn't cut it for you, or like gastronomy wouldn't be your, <laughs> let's say, uh, natural habitat. I uh,
1: I was yeah I I have a job that I really love uh like a, a day job that I really love um but yeah just follow over lockdown was was not enough money and i thought well there's not a lot of jobs going right now uh this is a good way to top it up and i've always enjoyed like sending nudes and stuff i guess so i was like i might as well get paid for it
0: all right yeah fair would this have been something you also would have happened without lockdown like i feel like that my questions are very stigmatizing which isn't my intention at all but i'm not entirely sure how else to ask them
1: no it's fine um i think it probably would have happened eventually uh back in the days before tumblr banned uh nudes and sexual content i used to post on there as well so i think eventually i would have got around to it regardless of the pandemic
0: yeah no like i like i'm kind of feeling weird about the question i just asked because i felt like oh yes sex work there must be a uh there must be a global pandemic to force people into sex work otherwise they won't do it but it's actually uh also something that would give you a lot of joy
1: yeah, there were to be fair. There was a huge, huge jump of people doing sex work um, over the pandemic. So you're not wrong, but um, yeah, it's it's something that almost everyone I know who does it does it because they love it and because you can choose your own hours. You know, you're self-employed. You can take sick days when you need them. Yeah, it's, it's much more freedom than another job.
0: So apart from like the practicalities um, in it, like what do you love about doing sex work specifically?
1: I just it feels like. It feels empowering in a way because it's like I'm being paid to do something that I love doing. Um and like these people have to respect me. They've got no choice. <laughs> I'll just block them. Yeah, it just there's something about it just feels really, really good.
0: Is it uh gender affirming in a way?
1: Uh absolutely not. I um uh, my only fans I do as myself as a queer person as non binary. Um, but when I cam, I cam as like a femme sort of persona. Uh I yeah I I do it as sort of someone who's not myself which is like a weird experience but kind of interesting it almost feels a little bit like drag it's like I'm putting on this other personality that I don't isn't like me but I still identify with it
0: So um what specifically is your uh like how do how do you experience gender
1: Oh that's such a big question what are you in what way what do you what area <laughs>
0: I mean, if you're feeling like, well, this, uh, this, this fan presenting thing isn't, uh, this, this, this way I'm presenting now isn't who I am, then who are you?
1: Who am I? Um, I would say I'm sort of, I, I generally lean towards the mask side of gender. Um, I generally present mask in my day to day life, uh, which I think makes it quite easy to sort of compartmentalize. Like sex work because I'm like this is it's like putting on a uniform in a way, yeah I yeah I I lean towards masks so then leaning towards femme for camming is is a totally different like area for me,
0: right? How do you feel about the different ways you're presenting? Like uh, like for some re- and on on one hand you think there are people who would specifically fetishize queer people on the other hand you know there is the people who um objectify. Uh, femme people, so what's how do you find a balance there?
1: Um, I think I've actually found on on OnlyFans with my very much sort of version of me that's more me, although it's still heightened because it's still a sort of persona, but um, yeah, on OnlyFans where I do it as a queer gender, like non-binary person, I find actually people are much, much more respectful than I thought they would be, Um, and that might just be because I'm still on the smaller end, I haven't had like people who've subscribed to me without knowing who I am Whereas camming, I when I started camming, I tried to do it as like this, as sort of more the same kind of persona. But I was just finding it was so draining to be like every time be like, no, you can't talk to me like that, you can't, you can't call me like little miss or whatever like, and it was just so draining doing that in every session that I was like, okay, I'm just gonna make this like this whole new face. I'm gonna do a whole new thing for it, and yeah, it just made things easier for me, um, and like easier to deal with emotionally because I come out of it, out of it feeling like okay I can take this off now and I can stop being that person and it doesn't need to bother me because it's not who I actually am
0: so it it kind of feels like you're safe hiding behind a mask of some sort yeah is that does that also include um like general privacy like do you feel safer going out in the world knowing people might not recognize you from from whatever camp session you've had
1: I'm not super bothered by that in general um I, again, I'm not, I'm not super big yet, so I don't have, I've never had someone be like, oh, I recognize you from OnlyFans, but I think it would be more likely someone would remember me from my OnlyFans persona anyway, where I am more me, because I look more like me in that than I do when I cam, I think, because I sort of, when I, when I cam, I do like, I do makeup and stuff, and I never do that in real life, ever, so yeah, I think people would be much more likely to recognize me from my, the, the queer version of my, Onlyfans.
0: So what's what's the general mode of operation there? Like you you uh, have like a bored Wednesday afternoon, or you wake up in the morning and think, you know what? I feel like doing some sex work today. Like how how does that even come about?
1: So I do I do most of my uh, shooting for Onlyfans on Mondays and Tuesdays because uh, they are days when I never work uh, at my like day job. Um, and then when I can, I come on Friday and Saturday nights, sort of like two a.m. until like five a.m. Sometimes later, um, when people are sort of coming home from nights out, is like the best time I find.
0: Pe- people are uh, people are drunk and lonely. Let's uh, take their money.
1: Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Not in a not in a horrible way, but they're looking for it, and I'm gonna provide it. Um, I d- I don't think that there is a
0: horrible way to it. Maybe. Like, these uh, people, like, especially with the camming, I feel like there are people who are objectifying women or fetishizing queer people in and of themselves yeah. already, so I don't feel like you're actively contributing to that. Also, if they're going to objectify uh, femme people and, or, or if they're going to sex hypersexualize queer people, they might as well goddamn pay them for it, right? Exactly. Yeah, all right. Um. So, rumors have been going about that OnlyFans is actually going to ban uh, adult content. Is that something that you're read up on and something that you know anything about?
1: Uh, To be fair, I've had about a month's break from OnlyFans now because I had some health issues. Um, So, I haven't seen anything about that yet. No, I've sort of only just come back onto it again this week. I will absolutely have a look about that. That sounds scary. Um, But there have been so many rumors about OnlyFans uh, like going down the drain, like getting, like being stopped um, that just have never come to fruition. I don't know that I would believe that if it's just a rumor.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, there is this one uh, FICE article that kind of started with the rumor, I think. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Let's see if they're listing any Primary sources, as a good journalist, I am required to look for that. Enter Rimshot. Um, But yeah, no, some people are saying, well, they're not going to get banned. Other ones are saying, like, yes, they will get banned because, you know, that's what big companies do. Like, they'll leech off of sex work, build a reputation, and as soon as they've gained enough revenue, they're going to kick off uh, any adult content to make it more... Appealing to uh, ad sales, all of that type of jazz. Um, Say hypothetically, it would uh, start, uh, OnlyFans would start banning adult content. What would that mean for you?
1: There are so many other platforms. Like um, there's another platform called Frisk, which is quite similar to OnlyFans, but in many ways much better, just with a smaller, it seems to have a smaller sort of foot traffic. There seems to be less people, less customers on there. I think most people would just move to other platforms like that. I don't think it would particularly harm like the industry as a whole. Uh, it would absolutely harm individual people because trying to, get, trying to get your fans from one website to move to another website is so difficult. Um, they have to be super loyal to want to actually follow you there. So that would absolutely cause problems on individual levels, but I think everyone would recover.
0: You're talking about it like you you're saying individual levels, but what I'm hearing saying is you know, the very broad terms. What would it mean for you specifically? Do you think you specifically would be able to move your your audience from one platform to another?
1: I think so. Um I do already use Frisk just less. Um but I I make most of my money from money from Camming rather than from OnlyFans anyway. So it wouldn't make a huge financial difference to me to have to have to have a few months of building a new platform again, provided that the websites I like, come on don't go down.
0: Um, so it's it's not like if OnlyFans would take any any steps, um, they would be like literally stopping. Um, they would literally be stealing the bread out of your mouth, so to speak.
1: No, not for me. Although I'm sure for some people that would be a big issue. But yeah, for me most of my money comes from camming so it wouldn't be the end of the world
0: mm, now that things are kind of um looking up again covid wise um is it a deliberate choice to keep your sex work digital
1: yeah um i am in currently i'm in an exclusive relationship i'm normally poly but um we've we've decided not to be um so i think for me i would just it would just feel a little bit weird um obviously people make their own decisions I totally respect that like doing sex work is still a job like it's not like it's cheating or anything but I think I would just feel weird having said for the first time I'm going to be exclusive with someone and then uh, and then doing full service sex work would just I don't know it wouldn't sit right with me personally I don't think Yeah no that's
0: that's absolutely fair So you know if if you would have w- would not have been in a relationship you would have uh branched out, so to speak,
1: I would have considered it. I don't know that I definitely would have um mainly because of just anxiety and yeah, just fear really um but i it definitely would have been something I would have considered,
0: yeah, I also feel like you know the threshold is a lot higher for queer people to 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 devil in like i r l sex work so to speak, yeah, so um, if we're going to dive a little bit further down your history like what what is your relationship to sex in general has it always been this healthy and practical
1: i think broadly speaking yeah my uh my introduction to sex was super early because i sort of stumbled across porn much before i should have which was just not, not a great experience um i yeah I, I came across it when i was about 12 and then from then on i sort of had quite an unhealthy relationship with allowing myself to be groomed by older people several times in a row. It happened repeatedly and was a, a problem for me. Um, but then, like, once I sort of started actually sleeping with people on my own terms and, like, yeah, once I sort of came to terms with my own sexuality and things as well, it sort of got much more healthy. And I would say for the vast majority of my sort of actively being sexual I've been very healthy with it,
0: it took a was was there a long time between you uh coming across the concept of sex and you know uh, became becoming sexually active yourself because I feel like yeah. that would have taken like some time to recover
1: yeah it did yeah I, st- I became sexually active when I was about 19 I think yeah it, it took a while to get used to the the reality of sex I think
0: how's that now
1: it's good. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very sexually open as a person. I'm like I I don't try like I don't hide things about it from my friends. We all have very open discussions about it. Um yeah, we sort of try and keep things healthy. It's good.
0: I I, I remember back in my high school days, you know, it it would just be these assumed 16-year-old uh a, a 16-year-old what we thought would be guys because, you know, I would, yeah, yeah. Um because gender. Um I remember we were standing outside of school grounds during during lunch break, you know, smoking our cigarettes and talking about, you know, um, like, bro, I've seen this amazing porn video yesterday. I jerked off so nice. (laughs) I feel like that's I'm not entirely sure if it's a healthy thing to do. Like, I definitely think it was healthy. Like, oh, my God, these teens are just talking about sex openly without being yeah. weird about it. And, you know, also talking about the concept of masturbation, not any toxic stuff like, oh my God, why are you even masturbating? Don't you have a girlfriend? Yeah. Uh, but there were definitely, you know, some points during my teenage years where people were like, oh my God, haven't you had sex yet? Why the fuck Why the fuck not? You're fucking 15. And I was like, yeah.
1: "Bruh, Yeah, gross. Uh,
0: yeah, that was great. But the fact that we could openly talk about um, masturbation that way. I still kind of feel like it's uh, not representative of the average teenager. Also, no. I'm kind of feel like with hindsight, I should have appreciated that more. Um, how how was uh, do do you have any comparable experiences in that way?
1: Not really. I my uh, I went to a Catholic school where we didn't really talk about like sex and masturbation outside of like pse lessons um other than people being like oh my god i hear that she had sex oh, oh i can't believe it i bet she's pregnant like really just horrible stuff not not so much open and being nice about talking about it um yeah masturbation was especially was just something you didn't really talk about um
0: yeah i mean don't get me wrong during my uh during my high school years like they hardly talked about anything when it comes to masturbation and uh, like in in, in classes I mean Um, also you know they would still laugh like oh my god there is a picture of a vulva in this uh, biology book oh my god that's so hilarious yeah so in that sense our healthy conversation was still based in like the teenage obsession with sex but I still feel like the conversations we could have they they were actually quite healthy in a, a yeah. weird, in in a weird backhanded way,
1: much better than they could have been.
0: <laughs> oh, de- definitely, definitely, like it's it's not like we would scroll down our search history like, oh my god, why are you looking at that at at that shit? And oh my, why what what what's the type of stuff that you look for? And you know. Um, but but still, I f- I feel like I'm really digging my own grave here into talking about my own kings, and I don't feel like I'm comfortable with that because, you know, even though I'm uh I'm, I'm, like even though we're having this conversation right now, I'm still somewhere on the ace spectrum. So you know it's it's kind of a mixed bag section like my 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 entire sexual experience which you know makes it even more interesting to have this conversation with you um i feel like the asexuality thing has has that ever popped up for you is that is that
1: not really i uh i've kind of always been overly sexual like when i was sort of coming to terms with like what sex was i was very much like looking for unhealthy sexual relationships online um yeah, I've always over sexualized myself, so I've never really had any sort of foray into thinking I was asexual or anywhere on that spectrum at all.
0: Is there a way to have an unhealthy sexual relationship? Because like you said, you can just block those people anyway.
1: Yeah, but uh I didn't realise they were unhealthy at the time and I would be like I would be like fourteen and like talking to like twenty three year olds and like role playing with them and some really really gross stuff that yeah it was just entirely inappropriate um yeah that I didn't realize was not good at the time and then my school found out about it and I got a, I, I really was told off for that
0: <laughs> right um we've we've been going on about this subject for a while I think we need a little bit of a breather track number three you already mentioned the name Gus Brookfield a track called Black Dog <laughs>
2: Was how to find me It matters not which road I travel on But I thought those days were behind me But it turns out I could not have been more wrong And he sits right there on my shoulder His cold, wet breath upon my neck And they said he would leave when I got older expect that it's hard to say why it has to be today and I can't explain how it feels that a black dog day could be just one sleep away and I'll never see him coming but I'll keep running with him snapping at my heels
0: A track from 2013 Gazbrookfield Black Dog Day um, you already mentioned the artist. Before we dive into the conversation about that, I wanted to clarify something. I used in the meantime to look up some information about the possible OnlyFans adult content ban, and turns out they are um, not banning adult uh, adult content. Instead, they just put out a large press um, uh, a, a press release in which they are you know, trying to diversify their income because ah. as uh, as this one Twitter user I don't remember the name of has pointed out, I was also surprised that they were potentially banning sex work because I wasn't aware that there is anything else on OnlyFans. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, they're trying to apparently... Um, a uh, quote from OnlyFans founder, chief executive officer, Tim Stokely. Uh, it was like, athletes are a creator genre we're seeing a lot of growth in. I feel like that would still fall into the category of OnlyFans users thirsting after their content. Um, so, you know, do with that information, whatever you will. Anyway, Gasbrook Field, Black Dog yes. Day. Why this track?
1: Um, so when I first saw Gaz Brookfield play live, I was, I'm not sure if it was at Glastonbury or Beautiful Days, but I was with my dad and he was like, oh, this is a really cool artist that I think you'll really like. Uh, We should go and see him. And I was like, okay. And we turned up about halfway through his set. um, And I remember walking in as he played this song um, and like, I sort of, I walked in and i sort of absorbed it from like the edge of the tent and i just remember immediately starting to cry um and just i like his voice live is just so beautiful he's got such a very strong emotion in his voice yeah i just i just remember like listening and just like crying and then my dad was also crying and it was just like this really beautiful emotional experience and yeah he's yeah just such an amazing performer i i love this guy
0: and um a artist I tried to look up on Spotify, but isn't on there?
1: Yeah, he's taken his music off Spotify. He's on Bandcamp and stuff, but uh, not Spotify.
0: Oh, all right. That was a deliberate decision to get off of Spotify then. I just thought that yeah. his audience wouldn't have been big enough or, you know, I don't know. No,
1: he deliberately took his music off.
0: Um, Are you aware why?
1: I believe because he wasn't making enough money off of it and he felt like it was uh, uh, sort of exploitation of music.
0: All right. Yeah, that would be fair. So here again, a uh, a more folky type of track. I l- love those violins in there. Um, that like that's that 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 great crescendo in there. So we're we're back at the folky bit. Uh, we are. We are. Um, which you know, I uh, also wanted to connect to the LARPing and D and D type of stuff because I feel like. Uh, when you're talking about violins acoustic guitars and the folk type of music that that for some reason has a strong connection to you know um the the larping side of things i feel like it's an obvious choice because it's it it sounds old-timey and therefore it yeah. would make sense as a connection to some some medieval role-playing type of situation how would that be for you
1: um, well, when I, when I, the LARPs that I go to, at least, uh, you don't have any recorded music at all. It's all just people playing in the field. Um, and you get people with instruments, people who sing a cappella, um, and they either write their own songs or they sing traditional folk songs that they've, uh, changed the lyrics to to be, like, relating to the setting. Um, although different LARPs have different rules about that. So, yeah, you wouldn't, like, get someone playing on a speaker like a song that's been recorded but you might get someone with a friend who can play violin sort of playing along with them and accompanying their vocals and stuff like that and yeah it's really beautiful
0: so so what are your um what are your favorite uh role-playing experiences so far like how does that what's even draws you to uh, um role-playing as a whole
1: I'm not sure what originally drew me to it, but I love it because it's just so nice to be able to, like, for a weekend just be someone else, and there's sort of... You can just do what you want. Like, you can just walk up to people and they'll just talk to you. There's not sort of so much of a societal expectation to, like, stick to the people you know. You can literally walk up to a group of people around a fire and sit down and, and they'll sing a song for you and give you some food and some drink, and you can sing a song for them and then be on your way, and it's... uh just, yeah, really lovely sort of community atmosphere that is so, so different to real life. Even It's even different to, like, my experiences at festivals, which is the closest thing I can relate to it in a real-life scenario.
0: I also feel like there is a comparison to be made to the internet in the sense that you, in, instead of having, like, a digital uh, pseudonym, you're literally just wearing different clothes and there is a sense of anonymity going around it.
1: yeah for sure. And like, it's when you're like putting on the outfit and whatever sort of makeup you have to have for it to get your character to look right. And sort of like, as you're getting ready, just becoming that person is a really beautiful experience.
0: I asked the same uh, question earlier, but um, in, I guess we're talking about the LARPing context instead of the sex work contest text. Um, is it gender affirming for you?
1: Absolutely. 100%. Um, there's, Uh, One of my, the main LARP that I go to is Empire LARP, and uh, over the last couple of years, there's been a really big campaign around uh, pronouns badges, um, which you can pick up for free from a bunch of people across the site who are players who just, like, have the resources to make them and do it, and... They they make a big thing about how, like, in summer when it's hot, the only thing that you can look at someone's chest to tell their gender is their pronouns badge. Don't assume someone uses she-her pronouns just because they've got boobs going on. Like, that's not... Yeah, And they've been... It's really, really good about it. Uh, there are so many trans people, so many queer people, and it's, it's really, really cool.
0: Did LARPing also play a role in your quote-unquote gender journey?
1: Absolutely. Um... When I started going to LARP was I think the year after I'd legally changed my name and I sort of was still new to, like, living in, like, in this, like, mask life that I, like, wanted to. Um, And it was really, really cool to just, like, go to LARP and be like, hey, this is my character name, he's a dude. And people would just be like, okay. Because, like, regardless of whether people are trans or not, you get, like, cis women playing cis male characters stuff like that all the time, and people just don't care. It's it's so, so cool.
0: So what would you feel like is the main difference between the way you experience gender during your camming versus you the way you experience gender while LARPing?
1: I think the main difference is that while I'm LARPing, my gender isn't a performance, but everything else is, where when I'm camming, my gender is also a performance.
0: Right. I mean from there we could talk about how old gender is performative but that's uh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a conversation I've been saving for a couple of episodes now. I should really get onto that. Um mm-hmm. so before we dive into the last um track of the day is there something we've missed out on something you feel like we should touch upon?
1: I don't know. I don't think so specifically. Um I think I would say that another thing, another big thing in my musical upbringing was the fact that my mum was a performer when I was younger. She used to, she had her own band. She sung by herself as well. Um, She used to be in uh, the, do you know Discworld by Terry Pratchett, the big series of books?
0: Doesn't ring a bell now, I'm sorry.
1: There's this uh, huge fantasy series called Discworld um, by an amazing author called Terry Pratchett, who, uh, it's all, it's like hundreds of books, I think. And my mum was in the official Discworld band for a while. And so she used to go around doing stuff like that sometimes, uh and yeah, so I think quite a lot of my the like folk side of my music comes from that from like seeing her performing with like supporting other bands and things like that. She supported three deaf monkeys at one point actually um yeah, and I think that's that's quite a big part of it. That's not super relevant at the minute, but I wanted to talk about it because I love her music. She has mentioned a few times, and other people have picked up on the fact that. My voice when I sing sounds almost exactly like her voice when she sings. And I don't sound like her when I speak at all. But when I sing, it's like I try and like fit her voice into my mouth. It's kind of cool. It's quite sweet.
0: Another question that uh, that just occurred to me is, does music play a role in the the work that you do?
1: um in sex work kind of i always put music on when i'm getting ready um to sort of like get me in the right energy um what
0: music would that be
1: yeah uh sort of yeah like sort of upbeat sort of like semi-sexy music but not even that's not even super important um yeah to sort of get me in the right energy in the right mood for it
0: do you have any artists because i'm kind of curious now
1: um I listen to actually quite a lot of Ducking Punches when I get ready. They are not a sexy band at all, but um I feel very very comfortable with them and it sort of just makes me feel like sort of like chill with it, but it's also like energetic so it's like I'm ready but I'm like safe. Right.
0: I'm kind of uh, I I I don't I I don't know Ducking Punches in the sense that I don't feel like I I don't know if I've ever listened to them actively. Um, but I really like how that's completely different from what you would expect. Like if you would think about, okay, what, what sexy music am I going to put on now? Like I'd be thinking, you know, maybe some Kylie Minogue, maybe some Rihanna, but that's, I feel like that's completely not your ballpark, is it?
1: No, it's really not. Um, yeah, they just, yeah, I feel like they're very comfortable they're very comfortable music for me. So it, yeah, it feels very like secure. All right. So the last track
0: for today, grass is greener by Watsky, another YouTube artists, or at least someone who, yeah. who, who became big through YouTube. If I'm not, if I remember it correctly, how so. did you find out about this? And like, why did you pick this track today?
1: Um, So I was trying to, I was trying to think of what music I've recently like found. And, the only music that I've recently started listening to is stuff that my boyfriend plays. And, uh, he, one of the first times we, like, spent time alone together, we were like, let's share our music tastes. And he just put on, like, Watsuki's entire discography. So, yeah, I picked this because of that, and I, I've i got super into Watsuki now, uh, which I really didn't expect. It's not the kind of music that I've ever really been into. Um... So yeah, this is quite sort of emotionally important to me right now. And I just love this song in particular.
0: Yeah, it's uh, still one that's largely um, based on acoustic guitar. So I yeah. can still make the the, the folky connection there. Um, yeah. Is that also why you picked this track specifically?
1: Uh, no, I picked this track because I feel like it's got the a nice kind of emotional element to it. And you hear Watsky singing it, which you don't hear very often. uh to this degree in his music from what I've listened to.
0: All right. Um well, I guess that about wraps it up. I want to thank you all again for listening. Um this has been Queer Sounds as always. Uh, tell a friend if you enjoy the show or maybe even if you've got the means, support this show. Ooh, I dropped my pen there. Support this show financially. You can do so through patreon.com queersounds. You can get some stickers there. You can get some access to the Queersounds Discord. You, if you want to get in touch, you can do so through queersounds.com contact or at Queersoundspot on Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr um i don't plug this often but there is also a queer sounds playlist if you love the music but don't particularly care for people talking in between you can just uh you know check out that playlist it's uh it's on the website somewhere um and yeah uh I think that's about it. If you want to support the show financially, we really would appreciate it. Obviously, you know, music licensing is expensive. Podcast hosting is expensive. And, um, you know, for now I've been able to student loan everything, uh, into, into, into that direction. Um, but you know, as I'm getting older, my student loan is coming to an end and I need different ways to provide for myself and this here podcast. Um, so, yeah, uh, I really would appreciate it if you have a, a spare bucks and send it my way. Or, you know, send it Finch's way because, you know, they also need to buy food and pay for rent. Um, so, yeah, uh, with all that, thanks again for listening. Last track for the day. Here's Grass is Greener uh, by Watsky. Here, take my career.
4: Give her your help Let me have the love you share I've Been alone for a long time Pick the faint praise of strangers Over one who truly cares He Keeps the faith in a dark room Fingers twitching like moth wings Hoping to matter you can't see how he matters to you. You can't drink wine or coffee, and you're stuck with the body that fights each small request you make. I got that brown grass dogs come pee on. Your grass so bright as neon green and tie dye and grows a mile high. Why, 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 we'll be betrayed by the seeds that we sow. Tiny blades grow and stab the earth from below. Your dying dreams bleeding out in the snow. Na, 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 you, with the crumble of the hips, she sees strangers, the oranges, and clenches her fists. In these mouths, of highway. You're the prettiest pileup that I've ever glimpsed. I'm lost in the awful withdrawals. Grass seems much greener beyond these old walls. But my worry's so small when I walk through those hospital halls. Here, take my career, give her your health, let me have the love you share. I've been alone for a long time, pick the faint praise of strangers. like moth wings, hoping to matter, but you can't see how it matters to you. You can't drink wine or coffee, and you're stuck with the body. It fights each tiny prayer you whisper to yourself. The tiny prayers you whisper to yourself. you whisper to yourself